So let me talk to you just a little bit about the, uh, the prayer chain that we're going to have going on. I believe it starts this next Friday, starting at 9 o'clock in the morning and going 24 hours, uh, ending 9 o'clock Saturday morning. I want to encourage you to sign up in the lobby. We have 30-minute increments, so we're trying to get that covered all the way through that 24 hours. Some of you may be able to sign up in more than one slot. You say, Pastor, I mean, I don't know what to pray for for 30 minutes. We've resolved that for you. There's a big sheet out there that's got all kinds of things for you to pray for. If you're like me, it helps to have something in front of you when you're praying so you don't wander aimlessly. How many of you have ever been praying before and then all of a sudden you find out you're thinking about something that's happened 10 years ago and you're thinking, dear God, how did I even get here? I'm supposed to be praying. This will help you keep your focus. The other is the following week, the, uh, and it's in the bulletin on, everybody say it with me, parking lot revival. You know, this is our 100-year anniversary, and we've had uh, this epidemic hit, which has kind of put a crimp in plans. <laughs> How many of you have had to make some changes since all this stuff happened? And so what we want to do, we still want to be able to celebrate, but we want to be able to do it in a way where people feel safe and where people can come in without apprehension. So we're going to do the parking lot revival. Encourage your friends to come out. Um, we have an FM transmitter, so if it's cold or if it's hot, they'll be able to leave their windows rolled up and listen to the service on the radio. If it's a nice day and they want to roll their windows down, we'll have the uh, sound system out there. They'll be able to enjoy that. And we're going to be able to pray for people right where they're at without them having to come up to the front. We want to try and get the word out everywhere. Somebody say everywhere. You know, one of the things that I'm, I, I think about, you know, God didn't cause this, but I believe that God has used it. One of the things I've thought about is how that when we were doing those parking lot services, we had people coming from all over the place to those. I had, guy, I had there was a guy that drove in on his motorcycle from up around St. Louis and said, a friend of mine told me about this and we wanted to drive down and be here. There were people that were in this area that they had no options, they, they had no place to go, and we were able to provide that for them. How many of you know that it's important for us to be able to get together? You know what I'm talking about? I mean, you know, when all this stuff started going down, I'm sure that some of you experienced what we did. We're even separating from family because there were so many questions, so many things that were unsure and trying to keep people safe. And so, you know, even our granddaughter, and it was breaking our heart. And, but here's the thing is, how many of you know that God's always makes a way? So this is the way we're going to do it. Everybody say it one more time, parking lot revival. You don't have to worry about getting a ticket. We're going to park you. You'll be, you'll be safe and ready to go. So make sure that you tell your friends about it and invite them to come out and be with us. 
All right, and then that Sunday we'll do the old-fashioned day. We'll also be out in the parking lot. We'll be dressed up. If you, I encourage you, if you want to get out of your car, you say, Pastor, I really don't like sitting in a car for an hour. We're going to move all the cars back one spot from where they were, so there'll be a place out front on the uh, blacktop where you can bring a lawn chair out and sit down if you'd like to do that, okay? I want to share with you uh, this morning, a message that I think is pertinent, not just for the time that we're in, but for the season that we're in. How many of you know what season it is right now? As far as the weather's concerned, everybody say hurricane season. <laughs> we, don't, we don't think much about that, but I promise you, if you live anywhere around the ocean, people are well aware of the season that it is. So today I want to preach to you from this topic in the eye of the storm. Can we pray together? Father, we're thankful for your word because it's life. Lord, I'm amazed at how you navigate us <laughs> with a book that you made sure was preserved through the eons of time. God, this book has been in existence for hundreds of years, and it's still speaking to us today. I ask God that you open our hearts so we can let it speak. We give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me ask a question. How many of you, just by a show of hands, how many of you have ever been in a hurricane? Would you hold your hand up? That's, that's something you don't really forget, is it? In a hurricane. Now, I know that everybody up here, you were in an inland, what they called an inland hurricane a few years ago. But when we were in Texas, we were staying in a hotel, and man, it was, I, I mean, I'm looking out the window. The window in that hotel room is a sealed window. You understand what I mean? There is no opening. It's sealed into the building. But there was water coming through it. The wind was blowing so hard that the, the floor was soaked in front of that window. And there was water literally being forced through the seals around that window. When we looked outside, man, signs were doing this stuff. And, and, you know, Debbie looked at me and she said, are we in a hurricane? And I said, no, nah, no, nah, it's a tropical storm. Same answer I gave her when we were flying one time and we dropped like a hundred and something feet. And, and, <gasps> and she said, oh, is that supposed to happen? Yeah, it happens all the time. <laughs> How many of you try and keep peace in a time of chaos, you know what I'm talking about? And so it was, it was something that we'll never forget. And honestly, we never want to experience again, don't want to have to be in one again. But in the hurricane, in a hurricane, there is something that is referred to as the eye of the storm. Every hurricane has an eye. How many of you know what that eye does? You know what I'm talking about? When that eye gets over you, do you know what happens? It gets really calm. Everybody say calm. And it can almost kind of catch you off guard if you don't know what's coming next. Because 
that calm isn't going to last long and then you're going to find yourself in the tail end of that hurricane. Here, so a matter of fact, uh, our daughter's in-laws are with them right now. They live in Louisiana, but right now they're up here staying with my daughter and her husband because of that hurricane that came through. Somebody help me out. What was the name of that hurricane? No, not the one that's brewing now, the one that just came through. Thank you. Hurricane Laura. Is that right? Hurricane Laura came through and man, it ripped Lake Charles up. I did relief work in Hurricane Katrina and went into neighborhoods that looked like they had been in a war zone. It literally looked like houses were blown apart and that's what had happened. So they came up and we went over, had dinner with them and we prayed for them. They were still, her mother-in-law was still really nervous and anxious and, and experiencing anxiety over having, you know, gone through that. And so what we have to do is learn how do we get through it. She talked about that when it, that I hit, that it got real calm. And she said, but you know, they say that the tail end of it is actually worse than the beginning of it because what happens in the tail end is everything that got blown loose or broken apart in the front of that storm now becomes a guided missile. And it starts throwing everything around. Let's take a look at it. almost wanted to duck, except I knew it was on the screen. But you can understand how that being in something like that can be very unnerving, right? How many of you have ever seen those weathermen? Everybody ought to pray for their sanity. You know what I'm talking about? I was, I, when I was viewing clips, I saw one guy, he got out of the car and he's got one of those wind readers and he's going like that and I'm thinking man why don't you just stick your hand out the window of your car rather but it doesn't make as good as a you know visual for us right and so he's out there and got a helmet on and I'm thinking if and this is what I think about I think buddy if that blows loose a piece of metal and that hits you we're going to see a magician right on stage because you're going to get cut in half. It's going to, I mean, it's going, so, it, you know, it, it's, the, the danger's real. Everybody say it's real. Let's take a look because Scripture is pertinent to us. It, it has, it's applicable to us even in this day that we live. And so in Mark chapter 4, verses 35 to 38, this is in the NLT, as evening came, 
Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat. Everybody say, are you kidding me? (laughs) Jesus is sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him up shouting, teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? He arose and rebuked the wind and the sea. I'm sorry, he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea. Everybody say, he said. Peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, what manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? I want to ask you a question. Have you ever felt like God was asleep in your situation? Have you ever gone through something in your life that you you enter a storm and you're wondering where in the world is God at? You're not going to get struck by lightning if you raise your hand on that. Have, Have you ever been there? They're there. Isn't it amazing how that they make sure that that's included? God made sure that that's in the Scripture. It doesn't say that Jesus was standing at the helm with his chest out facing the storm. It said he was asleep in the middle of it. To the point that it made the disciples think, man, don't you even care that we're about to drown out here? Don't, don't you get it? Don't you? And so I've been there before. I remember when my father died that I went to God and I said, really, God, you don't even care. Man, I'm 15 years old and you let this happen to me. I had some questions. There was a storm raging around me that I'd never faced in my life. And it hurt worse than anything I'd ever experienced. But in the middle of that storm, God showed himself real to me. I'm telling you that no matter what you're going through, that no matter what you're facing, and even when it seems like God is asleep and he's not watching what's going on, my friend, he was well aware of what was getting ready to happen when he laid his head on that cushion. He knew before he closed his eyes the storm that was coming in. But you need to understand something. God can handle any storm we have with his eyes closed. God is not caught by surprise. He's not defeated. He's not weak and he's not nervous. He knows where we're at and he knows what we need. Storms are real, man. And it doesn't do any, oh, I'm not afraid of this storm. Well, then you don't have a lot of sense. I mean, seriously, you know, you're going to get... Those guys, I don't know how much they pay them to stand out there and get filmed. But one piece of metal, and it ain't worth it. When you're in a storm, one of, one of the, 
storms that probably made my heart beat the fastest, but it, it not long was I, we were driving on our way to a revival and I was headed down, I think that's 62 or maybe 67. I don't, it's the highway that goes through Corning, Arkansas, and you stay on it, you know, all the way to Little Rock. So I'm, I'm, I'm getting ready. I'm, I haven't got quite to Corning yet, and there's this police officer, and his lights are going, and he's in the middle of the road, and I'm thinking, man, what's going on? You know, and I start slowing down because I'm thinking I'm getting pulled over for something. And when I start slowing down, I, I roll my window down. I'm trying to find out what he wants, and he's saying, go, go, go. And I'm thinking, <laughs> I thought, what in the world's going on, man? You know, Dillinger's been resurrected or something. I thought, what, what's happening? I mean, he's just looking at me like I'm a nut. And he, go, go. And, I, and so I, I take off and I start looking around. I look to my right and there is a tornado coming across the field. My heart, it's coming toward us. I start praying, oh God. You know, and I, I see that thing going as we, we start praying and it's moving toward us. All of a sudden, I watch something I'd never seen in my life. And honestly, I hope I don't see it again. But I, I saw that tornado moving like this. We're praying and I'm thinking, God, don't let that. And it, it goes, and it disappeared. God is my witness. The thing went like this, and it spun out, and it was gone. And I'm thinking, God knows right where I'm at, and he's able to make sure that while I'm in the midst of the storm, the storm doesn't get in the midst of me. Are, are you with me? I mean, think about it. How many of you have had chaos break loose in your family before? You know what I'm talking about? Just like, and it's, it's like, I mean, that made that hurricane we were in seem like nothing. Because when it hits home, it's real. And then and it's like, man, things, you know, and, and you feel this unrest. And you, but I'm telling you that God doesn't want the storm to get in us. Everybody say, it may be surrounding me, but it's not in me. That's a whole lot easier to say than it is to do, folks, to make sure that the storm doesn't get in you. How many of you, let me give you an example. How many of you have ever been cut off in traffic before? Wasn't a cloud in the sky, and all of a sudden a storm. Somebody coming through there and cuts you off and honk at you as they go by. Man, I laid on the gas. I wanted to let them know that Jesus loved them. You ever have it happen to you? Where all of a sudden... You feel the storm in you, and you didn't even know there was a cloud there. Watch what Jesus does. That, well, in Psalms 121, 3 and 4, this is what it says. He will not let you stumble. The one who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel never slumbers or sleeps. He's well aware of what we're going through. If Jesus is in your ship, 
you may be tossed around, but you're not going to sink. He doesn't promise that there are not going to be any storms in life. He just promises that he's going to see us through those storms. How many of you have ever had him see you through a storm? Wave your hand if you've ever had him do that. I'm telling you, man, when, he, when you've experienced him seeing you through a storm, there are not enough devils in hell that can talk you out of his power and his presence because you felt it for yourself. You, you, you saw what he did, and, and he did the impossible. He, he, in an instant, he cried out, peace, be still. And it happened. Let's take a look at that phrase, peace. The word peace there means silent or silence. Everybody say silence. How many of you have ever had a house full of kids screaming, running around, and all of a sudden you went, silence! Every day, Tammy said. Now, think about this, because when he says that, it's, it, it means silence, but listen to the rest of the definition. Involuntary stillness, inability to speak. I need a volunteer real quick. Don't everybody run up here once. C come on up, Jason. You're probably not going to be glad you did this, but come on up. Everybody say silence. silence. Now, now think about this. It says, go ahead and talk to the crowd. Um, okay, what should I say? Anything specific or just? Talk yeah, just talk. You know. okay. so, um, yeah, so, so involuntarily like, not like, able to speak. That, do you understand? Thank you. Give him a hand. Do you understand? <laughs> I, I think about that, and I think about, man, that's God. I mean, think about it. God, God do you know the, what the word uh, be still means? It means muzzled. That's what it means in the Greek, muzzled. And so when Jesus stood up, and those people are fearful, and that storm, everybody say the storm's real. This isn't make-believe, folks. It's real. It's happening. But all of a sudden, Jesus stood up in the midst of it. He's not intimidated by it. He walks out and he says, silence! And all of a sudden, the storm does not have the ability to cough out another raindrop. It can't, it can't cause another way. He has muzzled the storm. Everybody say, muzzled it. Let me ask you a question. How many of you ever felt like God needed to muzzle you? You know what I'm talking about? Like in the middle of a storm, you're in the middle of a storm and you're, you know, some, I, you guys have probably never done this. But sometimes when you're in the middle of the storm, it's easy to start saying stuff that you really probably ought not say. Nobody like that in here. You know what I'm talking about? How many of you, okay, Joe, have you ever said anything to Jan that you wished you hadn't. No, don't, let's not go there. <laughs> you know, all of a sudden it's like, put a muzzle on it. <laughs> Just don't say it. Don't. I'm telling you, God has the ability to muzzle Amen. a storm. That's powerful, folks. Now, listen to what Psalms 33, 3 and 4 says. The floods has lifted up, O oh Lord. The floods have lifted up their voice. Everybody say, the storm has a voice. 
The floods have lifted up their voice. The floods lift up their waves. The Lord on high is mightier than the noise of many waters, than the mighty waves of the sea. I'm telling you, the storm was real. It's crashing into their ship. This isn't something they're dreamed up, or this isn't fear that's unwarranted. They've got the reason to be afraid. But in the middle of that storm, Jesus' voice rose above the voice of the storm, and his power is able to muzzle uh, the power of the storm. It said, then there was a great calm. Everybody say calm. Makes me want to take a nap. A great calm. The word calm there means tranquility. Do you know what tranquil is? Definition of tranquil is a quiet, undisturbed peace. Right there in the middle of that storm, he just. Pfft. You ever been on the back side of a storm? After the rains have come and the thunders clapped and the lightnings flashed, there's an unusual stillness. And there's a smell of refreshing. Everybody say, but there's another storm brewing. Oh, you didn't, you didn't think I was going there, did you? <laughs> I mean, you say, Pastor, come on, but he just got us out of one storm. Now you're throwing me in another. See, we read that, and we read it separate from what happened. He gets them through that storm, but there's another storm Brewing, everybody say, in the eye of the storm. They found that there, there's peace, and all of a sudden, man, they're getting ready to hit another storm. Well, look at it in the fifth chapter. This is what happens. The fifth chapter, of, oh, I'm not going to read it. Let me just tell you about it. They arrive on the other side of the sea, and when they get there, there's a madman possessed by devils, and he lives among tombs. No one can restrain him. He couldn't be chained. He couldn't be tied. They tried it several times. They tied him up with chains and ropes, but he broke the chains, snapped the ropes. No one was strong enough to tame him. Night and day, the scripture said that he roamed through the graves and the hills, screaming out and slashing himself with sharp stones. They had just experienced a storm in the natural. Now they're facing one in the spirit. Can I tell you that storms never go to waste? God will use the storm you're in to prepare you for the one that's coming. Amen. Amen. Ain't nobody excited about that. <laughs> you're not going to get through life without storms, folks. How many of you have been alive and have never been in a storm in your life, wave your hand. Maybe you didn't hear me. How many of you living have never been in a storm? Hold that hand up. Oh, so you have been through a storm or two. How many of you learned from one storm to prepare for the next one? You ever... You ever get caught in a storm and you thought, boy, that ain't going to happen to me again? 
Debbie, we're going, going down through Chaffee. She, she took off in the storm. We had that other Chrysler. The, the Tamwin had the sunroof in it. All of a sudden, man, it starts hailing, and boom, it crashed. Thank God she had the door closed inside. It just burst that thing to pieces. She, she, she just closed it? Oh, she now I don't we I don't have one now. Oh, if there's a storm, do do you have one? Okay, so see what we learned is don't get a sunroof anymore. Oh, you still have one. I don't have one because I got better. No, no. She said now if a storm comes up, she closes it. She makes sure that it's closed. My daughter had been through storms early on and this is how it affected her every home she's had since she's gone through those storms she's she's always wanted a basement but she put in a storm cellar she literally had in her last house she had a storm cellar put in the ground and and then during a storm they would go down there but there was one storm coming. I opened that thing up, and as I opened it up and started to go down, Landon had told me, Papa, there's, there's a, 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 a big spider down there. And I, I was concerned about what kind it was. He told me about where it was, so I didn't put my hand <coughs> there. I, w- I was getting ready to, and I thought, no, he said there's a spider. I better not do that. And right where I was going to put my hand, once I got down there and turned around and looked, it was a black widow. They got rid of their storm cellar. They, they, they built a new house and put a basement in it. So now when I go down, I don't have to reach for spiders or nothing, man. She learned and she tried to make life better for her in case of a storm. They go in and they're, now they're going to experience this storm. They're, this man is possessed and he has a storm raging within him. There are two questions that Jesus asked his disciples while they were on that boat. Now they're going to need to face those two questions again. Why are you fearful and where is your faith? We're going to keep taking the test until we pass it. Now let me explain something to you, and I want you to get this. Fearful is not... How can I say this? Okay, if I'm, if I'm crossing traffic and I say, you know, and, and I'm not waiting for the light to change, and I say, I'm not fearful, I'm going to walk right out there, and a semi-truck hits me, it's not fear that got you, it was stupidity. It was because you took no precaution when you were crossing. Fearful is when we're questioning whether or not God can handle the situation because it's it's tied to where's your faith. So the first storm they went in is to prepare them for the next storm they're going to face. The next storm they're going to face isn't about a natural storm, it's about a spiritual storm. And now they're looking at a man that's got a storm raging within them, and they have to ask it. Now look, man, I'm just going to be honest with you. If some guy, if, if a guy that was possessed came running up to me, and I'm in a graveyard, and this guy comes running up, going, ah! It ain't like I'm going to look at him, hey, how you doing? 
I mean, it's, it, it's going to cause, my heart's going to kick up a notch. And I'm like, man, what, where, is there a, a stick around here? <laughs> God wants us prepared for storms. So we keep taking the test until we what? Pass the test. In other words, those things keep popping up until all of a sudden the, the fear isn't controlling you and your faith rises up and you're able to look at the situation and say, God can handle this. There, I, I read the saying one time, fear knocked on the door, faith answered, and no one was there. They had just seen him calm one storm. Do they believe he can calm another? Can Jesus muzzle the devil like he muzzled the storm? If you know the answer to that, I want you to shout it on three. One, two, three. That's not bad for this size of crowd, but you could do better. Are you ready? One, two, three. Yes. Yes, he can. How many of you believe that? Throw your hand up if you believe that. If you believe that Jesus can muzzle the devil the way he... See, this is the deal. This is the thing that the devil doesn't want. He doesn't want us walking in a great calm. Do you understand that the storm I went through where my dad died on the backside of that storm where I felt his peace, my dad was still dead. The effect that the storm had was still real, but the effect that it had on me was different now. The effect that storm had at the beginning caused me to doubt God. The effect that it had at the end caused me to trust God. I'll never forget God speaking to a 15-year-old boy in the middle of that storm. I heard it as clear as I hear my voice talking to you. This is what I heard. You ask me to save your father. I could have given him to you for another 15 years, and you lost him forever. But now you have a promise of him forever. It was in the middle of that storm that I saw my dad's heart change. It was in the middle of that storm that I saw dad begin to pray. It was in the middle of that storm that he answered prayer. No, do you understand? He didn't take my dad. The Bible said it's appointed unto man once to die and after that the judgment. Dad was going regardless of the condition of his soul. But God made sure in the middle of that storm not to let it destroy me. He made sure that he answered the prayer that I had sought for. God will not let the storm destroy you. He's going to cause you to rise up and cause a great calm, a peace, and a tranquility to fall on you in the middle of your storm. No matter what it is, his eye is bigger than the eye of the storm. Would you stand with me? It's always a challenge for me in this first service. 30 minutes. I have become a short-winded preacher. I know some of you are going, man, God's used this pandemic to answer my prayer. 
I never thought pastor would ever stay 30 minutes. It ain't easy. I want you to raise your hands. And this is my prayer over you today. That you're going to experience a calm and an undisturbed peace as you walk through your journey. No, I'm not telling you it's going to be without storms. I promise you there'll be some. But the storm will never get in you again. Are you ready to stretch those hands to heaven? Father, I thank you that your eye is bigger than the eye of the storm. I ask right now that you just gather us up in your arms and let us each one experience that peace that passes understanding. I pray, Father, that you put words in our mouths that are like apples of gold and pitchers of silver. That you give us not only the ability to make it through the storm, but to allow our words to speak peace over people that are in the storm. I praise you for it right now and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's give him a hand clap of praise. We love you guys. Remember the parking lot revival coming up. Tell your friends. We look forward to seeing you there. We appreciate you. The Lord bless you and keep you and cause his face to smile on you in Jesus' name.